say good black don't crack, they're not wrong. What's your secret? But if we think that to look better is to certainly get a better spirit in our heart and uh, to work every day to become a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better sister, then those values and attributes alone will make us more beautiful than we are now. Spirit, own it! Take a minute and know that you are this power. Put out the fire that our ancestors lit that carried us. Teach our children to claim their destiny. I say it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman. Phenomenal. How can fat girl be the best anything when cat woman is around? You know exactly who I am and what I'm capable of. Just like I know exactly what you are. Welcome to On The Way Up Radio. Divine femininity. Yes. You're listening on thewakeupradio.com, obviously. Sign up for otw2.com. I want the ladies to go around. Well, since Jackie's, Jackie's on stage, Jackie Q, make it do what it do. We'll let the ladies that's sitting in the audience uh, come in later. Jackie Q, do what it do. Tell them what you do. I'm, I'm Jackie Q. I am actually um, uh, a new member of On The Wake Up Radio's team. And <laughs> I'm also owner of Joni's Products, LLC soon to be. And um, you can find me at Joni Products FB on Facebook and Joni Products.square.site, S-I-T-E, and visit the website. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm Boricua Angie. I'm also on the Wake Up Radio. My show is Thoughts of a Light-Skinned Woman on Thursdays at 9, and you could also find me on Instagram under that name. Well, that was straight to the point. Jamaica! Where you at, girl? Tell them what you do. Hi, I am Jamaica, and I am a beginner in the business, starting up my own business. I could be found at one underscore unapologetic queen or underscore queen on Instagram and Jam Porter on Facebook. And to further notice, um, that's where you can find me. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. This show was, uh, I named it after something you, you said. And I was just like, yeah, it's Halloween. It's a scary time. And so I wanted you to tell me what conscious community cults means to you. Good evening. Good evening. Um, thank you for asking me that because I've been on this topic for uh, the last uh, few days, you know, talking with different individuals. And my experience of late, and all I can speak to is my experience, is that some of these conscious communities go are going a little bit too far. Um, there's a lot of women in the group led by men and um you know to each his own and it's a free it's a free choice but i as we can see as we have seen in the news lately and just some from my one-on-one -on -one experiences a lot of them are scammers as well i mean you keep feeding a project or a mission that never really comes to 
you know, to fruition. <laughs> Somebody's dream of of starting a community, but it never really happens. And people pour money into it. And I've noticed, and I never knew anything about the conscious community before, but I noticed that a lot of the groups, the majority of the members are women. And then you have some brothers. And in those groups where the majority of the women, the women are pouring in because they want it to succeed. However, they'll stick around for years. And you have to ask yourself, I mean, let's, that's like, is the business plan that's put before everyone feasible? And if it's not, it's a scam. <laughs> that's, you know, got to be careful out here. That part. And so one of the first ones uh, we're going to talk about Brother Polite and so many people, you know, um, I don't know if you heard uh, some people saying the charges would drop, some charges were added. I don't know. But uh, I always tell people judge accordingly. Does this sound like a man that is worried about the fact that he may or may not have touched a 14 year old which is a child which makes you a pedophile but nonetheless let's hear what he has to say peace is brother polite and let's start it off like this haters think about winners and winners think about winning let's get a round of applause for that let's get a round of applause Woo! 100 hundreds there we go ten thousand dollars in that this is the money talks challenge all right? And I just want to say, I'm too smart to be broke, and it costs way too much to be poor. Let's get another round of applause for that. Let me make these hating Negroes sick. Okay. 20K in. Less than a minute. Let's do it. Our people always making excuses for other people's success. Look at Money May. Look at Floyd Mayweather. He beat up Canelo. They said he was too young. He beat up De La Hoya, they said he was too old. He beat up Marquez, they said that he was too small. He beat up Pacquiao, they said all he did was run. This is a man that has made over a billion dollars in his career. We constantly undermine his accolades. This is a man that beat more world champions in a row in history. Over 16 world champions, he just beat up. Beat up 16 world champions. We're gonna act like, oh no, he pays the refs. I got several wives, they all got their own homes. You see me in different homes and you say, well, it must be a hotel. It must be Airbnb. You see me in nice cars. Well, it has to be a rental. It has to be a rental. You see me with all this abundance, all this money. He had to steal it. I'm telling you, he had to steal it. If a white man saw me with all of this and said, that Negro had to steal it. That nigga stole that. You would say he's racist. Why would this white man think that I had to do something negative to get my abundance? But black people do it to you all the time. So I've come to terms. Black people become racist against black people in light of black people's success. My goodness. Let's get a round of applause to that. Let's get a round of applause. I let my money do the talking. I let the money do the talking. Money talks challenge. LeBron James, arguably one of the greatest people to play basketball of all time. But Negroes talk about his hairline like the NBA says, sign right here and let us know. If your hairline looks like Robocop, we can't allow you to get into the league. Yo, literally, you got men petitioning to another man, please look better for me. If that man's wife is satisfied with him, why 
why the hell are you talking about his hairline when you know you only know about him because he plays basketball? I'm going to tell you why. Because you're insecure and you're upset in light of another black man's happiness and celebration. You mad that he's successful. Let's get a round of applause for this revelation right here. We almost done. Round of applause. God damn it. That's another hundred hundreds. We $40,000 in. We $40,000 in. Well, you know what? We got some other things we got to consider here. You guys doing all these videos gossiping about other guys. You put my name in your YouTube videos and you got the nerve to think people are watching the videos because they're interested in you. They're not interested in you. They're interested in me. That's why you put my damn name there. How the hell are you going to get it twisted and think they care about you? They're concerned about me. They don't watch you for you. They watch you for me. Yo, we need a round of applause for that. Uh, what about that revelation? Let's give a shout out to the Negroes who get views when they talk about me and start thinking people actually care about them. Let's do it. Let's, let's, money, let me get a round of applause. See, my money do their plots. I don't need you Negroes to support me. And y'all, I'm gonna tell you, you no, know, the joke's on y'all. Cause when you watch, when you guys turn around and you guys watch gossiping videos, these gossipers, they make money off the videos. They don't even cut you in. But when you watch gossip, you don't make a dime. Be careful how you do your time. Be careful how you deal with your time. Let's get a round of applause for that revelation. The gossipers are conning you into listening to them so they can get YouTube coins for tearing down their own people. But all the while, while you watch it, you don't get a dime. And you gotta go back in this world to figure out how to pay your rent. Let's get a round of applause for that. Another hundred hundreds. Woo! Not set up a hundred hundreds. Let's just go here. But you know, y'all gonna say I'm showing off, right? But I ain't get to the showing off part. We about to go to the showing off part. Cause what I'm showing off is the fact that not only do I make my money every day. All you gotta do is go on my Instagram right now, on my Facebook group right now. For two months straight, every day, Monday through Friday, I post different people that make money off of what I teach in my Gold in the Crisis class every weekend. Now I got a UCC and real estate class. I'm gonna do the same thing, post testimonials day after day after day. Show me one person that can talk about me or is not talking about me, that can produce two months consecutive of testimonies, receipts that confirm people are making money from what I teach. Show me one. Let's get a round of applause for Brother Polite because we're going to act like we don't see this shit. Because when you hear something negative, you want to go for it. But when you see something positive, you want to check social security numbers and birth certificates. You want to do all this vetting. Shout out to Brother Polite. I don't need y'all to applaud me. God damn it, my money do the talking for me. My money do the talking for me. I'm one person right here. It's one thing when you got a person saying, hey guys, you want to see how I turn $600 into $30,000 on the market? I'm that guy that's going to say, hey guys, I'm making money over what I teach, and I can prove to you every day for two months straight, I make people money. Every day for two months straight, go to BPI Group, Brother Polite uh, Investment Group, go to Brother Polite Instagram, uh, and you'll see on my story. Okay, I had enough. <sighs> I had enough. Wow. This, this, is, this is how a man deals with someone saying, you, you mess with a 14-year-old, you, you put out water money, Let's, I, I ain't making no money from this. Yeah, basically saying he paid his way out of it. because I. Uh. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's crazy. What I just heard. I'm blown away. Cause, and you, what a wonderful video, Sister Cindy. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
boy, did you drive that point home. So, as I was saying, be careful. A lot of people are pouring their money into these projects. And as you can see, some of them have personal goals, personal agendas. It's their dream of being successful. It's their dream of being king. And, and just to point something out in the video, um, all of the references to the men that he made were men of the world. None of them was righteous men that are out here trying to lead a nation. And these men are out here trying to, you know, as they say, nation build. Not once did he mention the people in the community. Not once. He only mentioned and referenced celebrities. That's a personal agenda of theirs. And ladies, be careful because they're pimps. These Negroes are pimps. <laughs> and you the hoes. You better be careful. <laughs> it it it's it's really I didn't hear him say Malcolm. I didn't hear him say Martin. I didn't hear him say do you get what I'm saying? It's like you said Floyd Mayweather, like brother. Do you get what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, for him to say, I don't need anybody, because you got all their money already. Yeah. You know, I've heard you order a book, you ain't getting no book. What the hell is that? Do you get what I'm saying? Just I think sometimes um, it's something that I did notice is that a lot of times it starts off good, right? It starts off good. It's like, I want to help the children. I want to help my people. I want to help the community. And then something happens. Something happens where someone gets twisted and evil and turned into the emperor with no clothes. And how dare you say he's naked? It would take a child to say you're naked for everyone to be like, damn, he really was naked. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, here's another one. Oh, my gosh. This was recent, by the way. So, yeah. Yeah. No, before I share the story, listen a few voice notes purportedly of a member of a church pledging our continued support for Bishop Smith. Good morning, Miss Reed. Good morning. Me all right. Me not, not, not wrong with me. Me all right. But now listen to everything you hear and, and, and believe because sometimes people run with the wrong story and people say the wrong things and people accuse people wrongfully. But what I'm saying is that we have no answer for what takes place. I was there part of in the last part, in the evening, what happened. But all I know is I see mystery and I see God in action, what I witness. How can you stand, sit on one place and one soldier, police, military, 100 gunshots go at you one time and not one shot touch the man of God? That is mystery. That's all we have to say. What happened is it is not spiritual. It is a demonic attack from some maroon people. When when care come the Saturday night, we can explain to you, but we talk to you. Listen to what you hear, but and everything you have to swallow and, and accept. But me all right still, me good. We get paper for go a court for breach a curfew act. We were taken to jail. We treated like a king and queen down there. Some of the guys them that was inside and so His Excellency still there. But just pray for him. I saw them do Jesus and he may come out victorious. So we have to suffer with him and reign with him. Now, so I go, Christ. Of course, I'm good. I'm good because I'm alive and well, and God is able to carry you. But you don't tell me, or you cannot, you can't answer for me, or you cannot stand before God for me. So, allow me to make my decision. Me thank you for your concern. But maybe the concern you have is not a good concern and is not a good advice. So, therefore, me know, me know why you're sorry for me. 
I mean, I want you tell me what you believe in or who you believe in or who you trust. Because every man has to stand before God and give a confidence in one sin and in one judgment. So you can't be a judge, neither for me, for bishop, nor nobody. So therefore, work your own salvation out with fear and trembling and leave God people alone and mind your own business. That's all I have to say. Because the Bible teaches you and says, Touch not the Lord and I tell you, profit no harm. And if you, if you don't know and understand, you leave it alone because you know this world, but you know, still don't understand the world you know you live in. So therefore, you need to go down for your knees, God, to open your eyes and you know, we soon see what takes place. Ask your idiot, you, you is one buffo, you know, fool. Who had bewitched you, what deceived you? Miss Reed, me and your friend, but you can't, you can't tell me what you do with my life and how you live my life. And I said, so Jesus, when you had 12 disciples, then betray him and then turn them back upon him. You can't tell me if you turn my back upon my bishop because I'm seeing one when deliver you find your bleeding where you when you come out there with the bleed like a cow and you they go to church too much here and you never deliver. And I him deliver you. So you can't say that. So you can't tell me what you do with my life and how, who me if you believe in because you don't know what take place. Sorry. Fifi, this disappoint you, but I'm so sorry. Goodbye. You blasted slave, foolish, nunk me. Listen to me. You don't need to take me off a TV because for an entire month in March of last year, 70 congregants of Pathways International Kingdom Restoration Ministries, who were told to pay $100,000 each for entry into Kevin Smith's Ark, slept on concrete floors and barely had enough to eat. That first boarding of the Ark ended badly but without the loss of life seen during the second attempt. A victim of Sunday's ritual, who had boarded the Ark on both occasions, painted a picture of an organization heavily focused on feathering the nest of its leader, and followers who often blindly complied with the shepherd's wishes. Shut your stinking mouth, shut your mouth. Lock up your mouth! The victim who asked not to be identified by name, said Smith's first call for them to board the Ark came just a week after Jamaica confirmed its first COVID-19 case. He told us to take out loans and bring them to him to buy food because the Lord spoke to him and told him that something is coming. That was a novel coronavirus pandemic that was coming. He knew about it, and I don't know how, but he knew about it before it came here, the man said. He then called the Ark on March 17. He said that we should all get into the ark because a lot of things are going to happen and the coronavirus is going to kill a lot of people. We believed him, the young man added. He explained that the ark was the name Smith gave to the physical building of the organization, now being labeled a cult. It was stocked up with supplies paid for with the loans taken out by congregants. While the standard entry fee was $100,000, he and other members who had been experiencing financial difficulty were given a blight but nobody entered free of cost. I did not have $100,000, so I ended up paying $20,000. But everybody else, he told them they should bring in that $100,000. A lady had to pay $300,000 for her, her two daughters, and a granddaughter. But a lot of people did pay the $100,000 to come stay there, said the man. Remember, when you walk pan, I'm a tide. And when you work and cut and reap, remember, your ten fingers, the ten, the, de- the decker, it means who you pay tribute to. I am your king as long as you pay tribute to me. So the day you stop your tribute is the day you stop worship. And the day you stop worship, you can't live yourself. Let me give you the understanding when you have a, a, a landlord and the landlord say you rent my place, as long as you pay your rent, you can stay in peace. The day you stop paying your rent, you have to come out of yourself. So when people said, I can't pay my tithes, which is the worship, God's law said you must, by the sweat of your brow, you must eat bread. Hear what happened with these false prophets today. He said it was a grueling four weeks at the premises in Albion, St. James. 
While we were there, we were treated badly by people he had as the missionaries and ministers. We were getting two dumplings with mackerel gravy for dinner. He had us sleeping on the ground, and they were cooking like three tins of mackerel for about 70 people, he said. He would make them give us ton cornmeal for eat. Some days we got porridge to eat in the morning and soup to drink in the night. And as you know, those are appetizers, so we did that dead for hunger. It's all right, yeah, yeah, give me, give me some food. What is the use of it to me now? My hunger may are dead. Give me the food. In addition to the steep entry fees to get into the ark, they were also forced to pay utility bills, the young man said. He said that we had to pay for the internet because we have a call with family abroad and we have to pay for a light and water. I think it was some ridiculous figure. He said that the water bill came up to some $200,000 and that the light bill came up to this and that. So every family had to pay additional money, the victim shared. He said that after a month at the premises and no sign of conditions improving, a former member was made aware of the events and raised an alarm on social media. This forced the leader to allow them to exit the ark, he said. It came to a point where a lady overseas who used to come to the church started to talk about it. She posted on Facebook saying that this is not right. How can he have people sleeping on the ground while he was locked up in his office under AC? He was eating big food while we were eating scraps like we were dogs, he said. Commotion was over there on a daily basis because people were not used to getting this little bit of food. He even changed the menu and we got broth in the evenings. But that didn't really have much substance to help you go through the day, so we were always hungry, the man added. With empty stomachs growling, congregants were also forced to sleep on cold slabs as the building was still under construction. When the lady started to talk about everything, that is when he told us that we are going to go home and he is going to tile out the place because the ground was not suitable for us and then we would come back, the young man said. He later called others behind our backs and stated that no ark will be kept. Time passed and we started going back to church, he said. They were never called back. Yep, that's what they're doing now. Go ahead, Angie. Oh, man, I was watching this so annoyed. I feel like for anybody out there who's listening, I feel that we have to do better. When it comes to these religions, I'm sorry, I'm not even saying I'm atheist or nothing like that, but I feel like we have to do better. We need to, we either need to start asking questions and say, mm -hmm. hey, can we see what you're doing with this money? How is this money being invested? Because I've learned, I always ask the question when people are trying to sell me stuff, how much is it going to be? And if it's not something I don't need, I'm not investing in it. So I'm seeing it's just like, it just pisses me off when people in religion, it's like, no, look at what this guy did. I'm hoping that they learned their lesson. Like, don't be giving your money. Like whether this, any type of religion, when people are asking for money, because it just makes you wonder, where is that money going? You have to see where it's going. Because it's like, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm not investing anything. It's even the same thing with charities. It, that's even heartbreaking too. It's like, people will raise money for things like cancer and other stuff. And again, where is that money going? Why is mm -hmm. there no cures? Like, I'm not understanding. Why are we still not seeing the bigger picture? And that we're make we're having these people make money. We we're, we're putting money in their pockets while we're still in the same situation and nothing is changing. I don't get it. Why we're not seeing the patterns and just saying, you know what? You're not getting my money. Unless it's to rebuild the roof or something that you see that's messed up and you see it get done. Other than that, people should not be giving their money to anything because I feel bad for those people. Like, that's your life money. 
I'm not going to go and bend over backwards to, to make all this money to give it to somebody else. No, that's my money. I can invest it in something else way better than that. I just don't think that was right. I'm tired of it. And especially the, who said, right? It's always men leading these things. People are easily manipulated or maybe because they're not understanding or maybe they're not seeing the things that we do that were out here in the U.S. That after a while, you catch on. Like reverends riding a Mercedes Benz. Like why? How? What do you have besides being a pastor or reverend that you have that type of car? So, yeah, I'm just like, ooh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And most of these women are single, single mothers, and they target those type of women. Um, it's, it's sad. It is sad because they give in because they try to look for that man of their life in their life. And they think they found them when they, you know, selling them dreams, wet dreams, as they would say. But yeah, it, it's sad. It's sad. I had um, pulled myself from a couple of things when I if I see something's not going right, I'm not going to. You know, continue to move along with that journey. And, you know, we have to wake up and see stuff like that, that we're being used. And as Sister Jackie said, being pimped, you know, it, it happens. You know, they, they speak a good game, but not good enough. And a lot of people have to wake up and see that. Sister Jackie? I, that's the worst of the worst right there. Remember Creflo Dollar? What? He was trying to pimp his organization out to buy him a private jet saying that it was not of the, the, this is what the Lord wanted. So, um, no, no, you can find other ways of paying tithes without giving up your paycheck because there's a lot of hungry people out here. Buy, buy some food and go feed people <laughs> instead of putting the pastor in a bins and a mansion. Yeah, I agree, Angie. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Pisses me off. I, I do want to say, I mean, I met this guy. And I'll tell y'all the story. Y'all know I have the best stories. You do. This guy, he was um he was building El Cabalon. Oh, the brother was smart. He was building El Cabalon and he had got land. He got land and he was trying to like raise the funds. And that's why you should be aware of social media. And um, I would I would send donations, right? Because I was like, oh, the brother's trying to do something. And uh, he reached out to me and he was like, oh, thank you. Didn't, um, oh, I see you do creative. You know, you think you could uh, put something together that says we're trying to do this. Um, you know, I don't mean to. And I said, no problem. And he was like, well, how much? I was like, no charge, right? Because y'all know how I am, right? I, I need to stop doing that, by the way. And so <clears throat> I freaking, I put it together, whatever. And then he started calling me more. And he was like, you know, he's into this whole polygamy thing. He has a wife, yada, yada. And I was like, well, brother, I don't really know you like that. I don't have a problem with polygamy and shit, right? But you know, he was like, you need to come down here to Texas. He was in Texas. Actually, he was in Van Horn, Texas. It's Van Horn, right? And so he had got 20 acres. Do you get what I'm saying? He really had it. Um, and he was like trying to get people, but he couldn't afford the land because he had no way to make money. Him or his woman. But guess how much the land costs? $100 a month. 
I sent the 100. I did it for three months. Because I was like, oh, they're trying to build something. And, you know. But as it went, it got worse because it was like, you know, he wanted a relationship. And I was just like, I like you, but I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really know you like that. He had about maybe like 50 children and like 25 baby mothers. Didn't take care of any of his children. I think he did like a bid, like 10 years or some shit. So he spent from 14 years old to like 20 something years old in prison and then came out and this was his like, you know, revelation, you know, Malcolm came out and he was Malcolm X, but this one came out and he was like, I'm a build out Cabalon, whatever, but I don't judge people on whatever. And we had the nicest conversation, but as I got to know him, it got more bullyish. Do you get what I'm saying? You need to make up your mind if you're going to come and stay with us. And it was just like, but who's going to pay for the land if nobody's working? Do you get what I'm saying? And so in good faith, I'll give him this much because most people wouldn't even do this. You know that man put my name on a damn deed for the land? Oh, that, that was that was a good one, right? Any woman would have been like, fuck that. I'm going down there. Coming back home to some Alabama type shit, right? Arizona type shit. And I was like, eh, nah, not good enough, right? Because <laughs> I like shelter. They were living in a van. I ain't about that life, y'all. I ain't even going to lie to y'all. I ain't about that life. I need a house. Like, while anybody's working outside, I need to be, I need plumbing. I need warm food. I need stuff like that. And I kind of said to him, no. And then he says, okay, well, um, you know, we could be like a family. To but then he started saying, like, the women that are here with me, because then he had other women come, they're, they're here to serve me. And we got in this biggest argument. And I was just like, bruh, you sound, I don't even know if it's narcissistic. I don't even know what to call it. It was like grand delusion. I don't know what the term is, the psychological term. But the brother was so twisted and sick because he didn't care what. And at one point, you know how you send money? And this is how I, I don't have Bank America. You know how you send money and somebody checks their account? Well, apparently Bank America charges $2.50 for you to even look at your balance on a goddamn screen on an ATM machine. And they called me one day and was like, we're out of money. And I was like, what happened? Because he kept looking at the balance on ATM machines at least fucking 10 to 20 times a day. Negative 85 fucking dollars. And you probably say, Cindy, you didn't check out yet. And I was just like, well, maybe they didn't know better. Again, me always giving people a benefit of a fucking doubt. And it's not until we had another argument and he says, I said to him, listen, I've got stuff I, I want to do. I don't, I didn't even start the on the wake up radio shit yet. I really didn't. And um, I said, the stuff I want to write scripts. He was like, nobody gives a fuck about your scripts. Nobody gives a fuck about your Oscar. It is what I want to do. It's my journey. And you're on the journey with me. And then you don't have a fucking say so. And you know what I fucking told that man? Because now I was like, like done, done, done. I said to him, I ain't got time for this. It doesn't matter if my shit, let it go to hell. Because at the end of the day, this is like, I don't, this is like a cult waiting for me. Do you get what I'm saying? 
Like, imagine you get down there, you can't sleep in a van, no one's bathing. His wife was pregnant. She would go to, he was like, oh, she went into Walmart and she would go in with her two-year-old, go in the, uh, the room where you change, put like a whole bunch of bras and panties on, put clothes underneath her clothes and leave. And I remember saying to her, what do you think's going to happen when you get caught with that two-year-old with you stealing? And she was like, well, sometimes I just put in one of her knapsacks and then I could just be like, oh, I didn't know my two-year-old did that. And I was like, oh, my God, these people are sick. They're sick, like twisted. Like, I understand wanting to be off the grid, but now you've lost all touch of reality. And I remember saying, you know what? This this isn't for me. And him saying, you know what? Fuck that. Fuck you. Curse me out. It is what it is. I'm used to niggas cussing me out because that's what they do, especially since you started with the black woman is God. <laughs> I don't know if I had a dime for every time I heard that shit. The black woman is God, but the moment that you don't fucking agree with somebody, they're going to call you out your fucking name. Don't look like your fucking grandmother. Don't look at like your mother and your fucking aunt that you don't love. How, how could you even bring your mouth in your fucking face to talk about a woman? Because if you could talk about me like that, you have no problems doing it to anybody else. And then later on, I found out he was talking to 15-year-olds little girls because he felt like because the the wife left and was saying she caught him talking to a 15 year old and he was saying he need them to be young and ripe i said jesus fucking christ you see this fucking shit that's going on but it was crazy when she said this he had got locked up because when he had said what he said to me i was on the phone with him and i said to him because i was really angry and i said to him you're gonna get everything you fucking deserve you're a piece of shit i swear to y'all not even three minutes later the police pulled him over and fucking tasered him. And then he spent a year and a half in jail because he was running from the law because he was up from up Texas and stuff. So that, that happened quick for me, but yeah. So eh, not immune to the bullshit. I'm just saying uh, it's, it's a learning lesson, but at the end of the day, it just, it like hurts. It just hurts because you, you want to believe that people are doing the things they say they're going to do, but at what price does it come? Cause I'm not into the whole, you want to, you know, it's what, when you fuck over adults. Yeah. You're fucking over children, children. You, who are you? Who the fuck? What kind of low level type of motherfucker are you to go? Okay. I'm going to bring children into the cult. I'm going to disrupt people's lives. I'm going to tell them to quit their jobs and, and come work the land. You know, basically slave work. You know what this brings me into saying, let's talk about the worst. And by the way, the anniversary is coming up. The worst thing that has ever happened as far as our conscious or community cults. But when it comes to worst cults in terms of human death, there's really only one name that stands out above the rest. Number one. The People's Temple Agricultural Project, also known as Jonestown. The People's Temple and their leader, Jim Jones, have become known as the gold standard of cults after nearly a thousand of them killed themselves by drinking cyanide lace punch in 1978. Like, honestly, I didn't want this to be number one on this list. I wanted something a bit more unexpected for this, but it turns out, no, you just can't beat Jonestown. And part of the tragedy of Jonestown is that it really had potential to be something really good in the world. But instead, it turned into this nightmare that we're still reeling from 40 years later. Jim Jones grew up a poor kid in Indiana to an alcoholic father. 
and maybe because of this dysfunction, he seemed to turn inwards and became obsessed with religion and death. Friends would later tell stories of him holding funerals for dead animals he found. As he grew into adulthood, he joined the Pentecostal church and cut his teeth on the revival circuit, driving from town to town, putting on shows to convert the masses. Here, he honed his skills at building a following. He was heavily focused on social justice in his work. Having grown up poor, he felt connected to disadvantaged communities and filled his pews with blacks and minorities. He adopted children of multiple races and got heavily involved in the civil rights movement at the time. This was difficult to do in Indiana. It was the 60s and they were still pretty segregated at the time, so eventually he picked up his following and moved them to Ukiah, California. One of the reasons he picked Ukiah was because he had read somewhere that it was one of the safest places to be in the event of a, a nuclear holocaust, which is something that he thought was coming soon. Here he established a farm where the entire congregation lived and worked. It was sort of a prototype for what would follow later on. And this is where he started leaning toward the ideas of communism. Of course, this wasn't something he could just come out and say. He had to couch it in terms of religion. People involved in the group had to kind of hand over their, their money to him. He convinced older members of the group to, to sell their homes and then give the money to the church, and then the church would put them up in senior centers and take care of them for the rest of their lives. And by all accounts, this worked out pretty well. The seniors in the group seemed to have been pretty well taken care of. This also meant that church members were working constantly, which is a common trait in cults, you know, don't give them time to think about what's going on. In the summers, the congregation would hop on buses and travel the country, putting on shows and events everywhere they went. He tapped into his experience doing the revival circuit, and it worked. The congregation grew into the thousands. He preached against sex, calling it selfish and against the ways of God, although he himself did not abstain from sex. He slept with many of the congregation, including the men. In 1974, he moved the group to San Francisco and became politically active. He would basically hire out his church members to go to rallies and do letter-writing campaigns for progressive causes. He, came, he became kind of a go-to guy in San Francisco politics. Politicians made a point of meeting with him, figures like Walter Mondale and Rosalind Carter. Eventually, he helped get San Francisco's mayor elected, and in return, he was named the head of the housing committee. And this seems to be when things started to spiral downward. Now that he was sort of part of the government, he was under more intense scrutiny, and it didn't help that he had his members of the church join in all the meetings and cheer wildly whenever he said anything. It really made people start to wonder what was going on with this guy and his weird followers. The extra scrutiny made him more paranoid. This was in the years following MLK and Robert F. Kennedy's assassinations. He became convinced that progressives like him were being targeted. So he created his own secret service within the group that not only was there for his protection, but it was also there to kind of weed out dissenters from the group. His sermons got darker and more apocalyptic. Anybody who stepped out of line was publicly shamed in church services. He even encouraged violence against dissenters, basically having beatdowns as part of the service. And he began doing drugs, which only amped up his paranoia. Convinced they weren't safe anymore, he bought up land in Guyana in 1975 and began constructing Jonestown, a jungle paradise where they would establish a communist utopia, away from all the dark forces in the U.S. government that would try to destroy what they built. Toward the end of July in 1977, Jones got word that some former cult members were speaking out against him and had been talking to a reporter from a magazine called New West. It was set to be a damning expose filled with stories of fake faith healings, violence, and sexual abuse. Within hours, Jim Jones was on a plane to Guyana. He moved the congregation to Jonestown seemingly overnight, and in this new place, isolated from everything they knew, his stranglehold over them only tightened. They had no communication with the outside world, were made to work 18 hours a day, and he turned church members against each other, making it their duty to turn other members in if they spoke about wanting to leave. He had loudspeakers set up throughout the compound where he played recorded sermons and messages 24 hours a day, claiming that the outside world was falling apart and that their only salvation was Jonestown. 
No matter where they were in the complex, Jim Jones's voice was in their ear. They literally couldn't escape it. Over time, the messages got darker and more apocalyptic, more convinced that dark forces were bearing down on Jonestown. And then in November of 1978, they got a visit from Leo Ryan. Leo Ryan was a congressman from California, and he had a reputation as sort of a hands-on politician. Like, at one point, he was investigating prison reform, so he actually spent a week in Folsom Prison. Imagine a politician today doing that. He'd been lobbied by family members of Jonestown residents saying that they couldn't get access to him, they didn't know if they were okay, that they were being held there against his will. So he decided to go take a look for himself. On November 17, 1978, he flew down to Guyana with some members of his staff and a handful of reporters. And they were impressed with what they found when they first got there. What these people had been able to build in the middle of the jungle, it was actually a, a nice, self-sustaining commune. Plenty of food, nice accommodations, a medical clinic, school, daycare for the kids, and everybody was happy. The congregation welcomed them with open arms. They held a reception with music and food and dancing, and they couldn't stop telling them how happy they were to be there. Whatever the comments are, there are some people here who believe that this is the best thing that ever happened in their whole life. But later in the evening, some cracks began to show. Throughout the celebrations that night, a couple of people slipped notes to the camera crew asking for help escaping Jonestown. The next morning, Leo Ryan confronted Jim Jones about it. Doesn't it concern you, though, that, that this man, for whatever reason, one of the people in your group... People was... play games, friend. They lie, they lie. What can I do about liars? As Ryan and his group prepared to leave, more and more people came out of the woodwork begging to go back with them. And all hell broke loose. You bring those kids back here! You lie, you bring them back! Don't you get back here! Sixteen Jonestown residents joined the congressional delegation and they left Jonestown for the nearby airport. But as they were boarding a plane, another truck pulled up and several gunmen jumped out and opened fire on them. In all, five people were killed on the airstrip, including Congressman Ryan. Back at the compound, Jones called an emergency meeting in the pavilion where he broke news of the congressman's death. Seeing no way out at this point, he ordered his underlings to mix up some cyanide with punch and began distributing it throughout the congregation. And this is where the term drink the Kool-Aid came from. Uh, you know, where somebody has really bought into an idea to an extreme level, they say they drink the Kool-Aid, which is unfortunate for the Kool-Aid company because they are actually drinking Flavor-Aid. They gave it to the children first in order to give the parents less reason to go on living. Families were told to lie down together in the grass outside the pavilion, and in a matter of hours, it was all over. 909 men, women, and children lay dead. Jones was found lying on the pulpit with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head under a banner reading, those who do not learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. 36 people who were at Jonestown survived the massacre. Some of them hid, some of them fled into the woods. One person slept through the whole thing. Many of the survivors of Jonestown don't like calling it a mass suicide. Apparently people with guns surrounded the pavilion, pointing them inwards and forced people to drink at gunpoint. And even those who did drink willingly had been psychologically stripped of their agency in the preceding years. To the survivors, this was a mass murder. So it's easy to call the people of Jonestown crazy or sheep, but we're all social animals and we're all vulnerable to succumbing to social pressures. Add into that mix the, the chaos of what was going on, people with guns and years of being psychologically brainwashed. Who knows whether you or I would have made the same choice. 
Now, I want to acknowledge that there is an argument to be made here that there were much worse and deadlier cults in the ancient world, like, say, the Aztecs who killed hundreds of thousands of people and religious rituals. I'll let you guys debate that down in the comments. But why am I talking about cults right now? The easy answer is that it just worked out this way. But the more interesting answer is we're currently living in a climate that is very conducive to cults. You know, I pointed out earlier that four of these five cults took place in the 90s leading up to the millennium. Well, the other one, the fifth one, took place in the late 60s, early 70s when there was a ton of social upheaval. There were a lot of cults that came out during that time period, including the Manson family. But think about what was going on during that time period. The civil rights movement was in full swing. Vietnam was tearing the country apart. Robert F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King had just been assassinated. And this was the generation that grew up with JFK being assassinated just 10 years before that. I mean, this was there in 9-11, and it's like it was happening all over again. You know, I never really appreciated just how much the world changed during that time period in my parents' generation. You know, social and political institutions just crumbled to the ground, and the people grasped for something to give them meaning. Cults thrive in times like that because cults target people in times of transition or loss. You know, when you've lost a job, when you've gotten out of a relationship, or when you've just moved. This is when we're the most rudderless and desperate. In fact, I got curious if this trend went back further, so I went and looked to see if there were any Depression-era cults that might have come up, and it turns out there was a cult scare in the media between 1935 and 45. So here we are now, in the words of pretty much every commercial you've seen in the last six months, living in trying times, more abrupt change, more civil unrest, more economic distress, and on top of all that, a generation-defining event that has completely upended social norms. More fertile ground for cults could not be designed. But I'm sure you've got nothing to worry about. You're smart. There's no way you're going to fall into a cult. Oh, and by the way, you know who else thinks that? Everyone who's ever been in a cult. Cults basically operate like pyramid schemes, you know? The people are, are encouraged to go out and recruit new members, and by doing so, they raise their own status within the organization. Uh, it's a lot like a multi-level marketing business, and in fact, a lot of MLM schemes are very culty. And just like MLM schemes, most people recruit their families and friends and co-workers. In fact, two-thirds of people that join cults do so through friends and family members. A friend or family member who may be trying to go up in the group, or they might sincerely just be wanting to help you. I mean, this group gives them purpose and clarity, and, and you might be in a bad state, and they just kind of want to offer that to you as well. There's this amazing documentary that I watched while researching this video. It was called Jonestown, The Life and Death of the People's Temple. And I think the opening words of this movie say it best. Nobody joins a cult. Nobody joins something they think is going to hurt them. You join a religious organization, you join a political movement, and you join with people that you really like. This is what draws you in, the camaraderie, the friendship. So next thing you know, you're doing things for them. And then the psychological phenomenon kicks in that once you do something for somebody, once you've invested some time, some energy, some money toward a thing, you tend to trust it a little bit more. In fact, this is something that scam artists often do. They ask somebody to do a tiny little favor for them, and that tiny little favor institutes just a little bit of trust in them. And then once you're in, the goal is controlling your thinking by shutting down any dissent through fear or guilt or shame. Make it known that speaking out will incur a social penalty. Then they isolate you as much as possible and restrict the access to information from the outside world. Often this means shutting off relationships with family and friends. 
And by the way, in many of these groups, you're given more information about the group's core beliefs the further up you go in the organization. So whenever you hear like some really crazy beliefs that some of these cults have, most of the people don't know that when they first join. It's only once they've gotten past a certain point that they're willing to accept it. You know, only once you've accepted the previous line in the sand will they draw another one. And then cognitive dissonance kind of keeps you trapped there because the further you go into it, the harder it is for you to accept that you've been deceived. And even when some reason or logic might have slipped through, at this point, you might be so deeply ingrained into this group, you might be so isolated from the outside world, you're convinced that you can't go on without these people. So you just kind of ignore the crazy and carry on. All of this operates on psychological phenomena that we are all susceptible to. You know, it was painful to see that that wasn't even really a suicide. Because like, those people were at gunpoint and they were forced to drink that shit. They're babies, they're children. Do you get what I'm saying? Like they just wanted a better life. Oh, our own land. Great. We get to provide for ourselves. And that man twisted, perverted it. Was sleeping with the children too. You know? I don't know. It, it's like, just when you, I don't know. The, the moments where you say to yourself that you don't think you would ever, but how many times have we all seeked, you know, a tribe, like we're seeking our own tribe and, and thinking you found it. I, re, I remember like going through a moment because I didn't have any children yet. And I really wanted to have one, right? Cause your biological clock is ticking and I remember I went into this church and I remember like praying to every deity because I wanted a child so bad. Do you get what I'm saying? And at first the church seemed like a nice church. People seemed nice. But then they just started doing shit like when somebody wasn't there, they would get on a pulpit and talk about their, their business. But someone pointed out to me, churches are like hospitals. Everybody's fucking sick, including me. Because I had my own. I, I wanted what I wanted. And I felt like, okay, God was going to make this happen for me. And so, I mean, I get it, right? Do you ever think you would end up at a Jonestown? Probably not. But shit, sometimes you might be in a Jonestown thing now and not even fucking realize it. If you, if there's no open door for you to leave, if someone does not allow you to leave, allow you to be with your family, I don't know if you have, I'm going to put a clip in here. I don't have it. Um, I'm going to add it. It's, uh, it's called Claire. Someone had told me there's this cult and they'll make anything possible in your life. I was deeply convinced that we were going to save the world. It was a transcendent experience. You feel euphoric. Everything you do for endless trillions of years depends on what you do within in Scientology. They sell it all in the beginning as something quite logical. You take on a matrix of thought that is not your it's own. It's so strong that it sticks you like very glue. Controlled, very suggestible. You just don't see it happening to you. You justify so much. There is no logical explanation other than faith. Do you ever think Mr. Hubbard, that you might be quite mad. Oh, yes. The one man in the world who never believes he's mad is a madman. 
the doors had bars put on them, the windows all had bars put on them, and there was one entrance door that the security guard sat at 24 hours a day. I had to stay there, sleep there. It stunk, and you know, there were ants crawling around. Did you sleep about an hour, two hours a night? Um, you were in such a mental state that you're very controllable, very suggestible. We were told we needed to come up with what each other's crimes were against Miscavige and Hubbard so that we could eventually get out of the hole. Scientology is really good at making you think that you're a scoundrel. Confess your crimes, confess your crimes. What have you done? Fights would break out. Miscavige would get me uh, all riled up. And I remember one time Mike had done something or not done something, I don't remember, and I was supposed to go beat him up. One executive was made to mop up the bathroom floor with his tongue. Another was put into a bucket and pummeled by some of the women and called a lesbian. There was a very powerful air conditioner which blew straight down and it was set on maximum cold and a guy was made to sit in a chair and had water poured on his head until he literally turned blue. Miscavige slapped me across the face, knocked me on the ground, kicked me a couple times. Flailing fists, kneeing him in the stomach, getting him on the floor. And you think you want to get up and retaliate. But you also think, I got 75 other people who are all likely to tackle me if I did. Um, and then you get the sheer shock of it. Here's the equivalent of the Pope suddenly knocking you on the ground. And you're thinking... I must have really screwed up. It was a poisonous environment. People were really frightened. And this went on for years. This isn't a couple of days. The nominal president of the church is a man named Heber Jinch. She was in there for seven years. What is the statement, God helps those who help themselves? Well, in Scientology, we're engaged in helping people help themselves so they can fully comprehend and understand God. One night, Miscavige comes into the hole with a boombox. He said, I'm going to teach you all a lesson. We're all going to play musical chairs. And musical chairs is a Scientology administrative term for when you move people from different posts rapidly and you create instability. They played the damn music. He said, we're going to play it to Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. And he emphasized the line nothing matters anymore and that's your whole attitude that's where you live that's who you are playing that music and stop it and everyone have to grab a chair and there's one person left standing what Miscavige has warned them is that the last person who remains gets to stay everybody else you're expelled you're gonna be thrown out of the Sea Org these people were fighting to stay in the hole Throwing people around, scratching, kicking. They're tearing chairs apart. They're ripping clothing. I mean, whatever it took. But then nothing happens. Out of the goodness of my heart, you can stay. But you better come clean. You better. I better have some good confessions out of you. I... I mean, you, you know, as much as they get into everything that you ever think or do, 
they never got into my think on this score that I would never go to prison. And so it was inevitable when I got, when he literally created this prison camp. Um, It was inevitable that I wasn't going to last there. About Scientology, how they tell the people, you're not allowed to be, you're not allowed to talk to your friends or your family. And then you, you go, okay, because you know that they're helping you. But then when you finally do that, they beat on you. They talk down, not, you know, sometimes not physical. Sometimes it's emotional and verbal abuse. And who the fuck? I got so many beatings as a kid. I don't want to get beat as an adult. I can't even imagine being a slave. I would have taken my fucking life. Do you get what I'm saying? And so for me, it's just, you know, after like 2020, it just, people just, Depression has been on a rise. I heard suicide went up 1,100 people a week. Suicide. Because they don't know what to do because we all want to fucking belong. And I get it. But you cannot let a man, God's man, God's plan, get in your head. He's just a fucking man. Kings, emperors, they're men. They're men. And they have to be treated as such. Do you get what I'm saying? If somebody does something wrong, you have to say something. But if I get it, you get what I'm saying? I I get the psychology behind it. Anything else, ladies? I'm I'm sorry. I'm just, ugh. Well, one thing I know, we don't go around calling ourselves Queen Jackie, Queen Jamaica, Queen Angie, Queen Cindy. And I had the experience of being in a setting where they referred to the, the, the gentleman as king. And I said, well, who the fuck is the king? Everybody in the group was calling him king. And I was floored. I knew then I was like, okay, this is a cult. Because there's no way in hell a man that's in the flesh. He's not a deity. He's not, um, you know, he doesn't own a nation. He doesn't care for a nation. He's being called a king. And this is a dude off the block. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Anything else? Boricua, Jamaica. I have to agree once again with Miss Jackie. Um, you know, that calling man king um and not a lot to show for. Um <laughs> it, it it's crazy because you have women calling them that, you got men calling them that, and I've seen a lot of that as well. So it, it's sad. It's sad. Um and there's, like I say, a lot of these people don't have anything to show for. They're taking the money and we're not saying where this money is going. And, and it's sad that, you know, you're targeting these single women who's already struggling. And you may get like a couple here or there, but most, you know, like, you know, like y'all was saying, most of these women, most of these uh, cults or groups or whatever you want to call it, they target single depressed women who's trying to find somebody and they empty out their pockets. 
I've seen it happen plenty of times. Angie? It's just like you said, um, sometimes people are just looking somewhere just to belong. But in my mind, I'm, I'm like, I've just been looking just to survive. I don't know about that trying to fit into anything. I'm just like me right now, day to day. I'm just trying to make sure that I get through. <laughs> I ain't trying to get stuck into, like I said, nothing else to to be paying things. Like I said, if I'm not benefiting and nothing's coming out of it, no. I'm just trying right now to look to survive. <laughs> That's the main thing. But um, it's kind of sad, though, um, that it really got to that point. And those people didn't really know better, but... Well, this right here explains the psychology behind why people do what they do. I give you a test of your visual acuity, your sensitivity to differences in line lengths. So I'm going to show you a standard, and then I'm going to show you three comparison lines. One is going to be bigger, one is going to be shorter, and one is going to be the same size as the standard. Your job is tell me which line, A, B, or C, is the same as the standard. Seems like a simple judgment. You always get it right. But now, before you give your answer, there are going to be half dozen to ten other people like you in the room, and they're going to give their answers first. An amazing thing happens. One after another, they say the line that you see as shorter is the same as the standard. Shorter, 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 shorter. They don't say shorter. They just say B, 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 and so forth. Now it's your turn. You know... B is the wrong answer. But what do you say? In this study done by Solomon Ash, a classic study of group conformity, the majority of people gave in, gave in on most of the critical trials to agree with, to say publicly that they agreed with the majority. So this study is one of the first classic studies on the power of a group. As long as there's three or more people, who agree among themselves that reality is not the way you see it, in many cases, you give in to see the world in their way. Let's look at that study. The experiment you'll be taking part in today involves the perception of lengths of lines. As you can see here, I have a number of cards, and on each card there are several lines. Your task is a very simple one. You're to look at the line on the left and determine which of the three lines on the right is equal to it in length. All right, we'll proceed in this order. You'll give your answer. Only one of the people in the group is a real subject, the fifth person with the white t-shirt. The others are confederates of the experimenter and have been told to give wrong answers on some of the trials. The experiment begins uneventfully as subjects give their judgments. Two, 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 three, three, Three. Three. But on the third trial, something happens. Two. 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 Uh, two. The subject denies the evidence of his own eyes and yields to group influence. One. Ash found subjects went along with the group on 37% of the critical trials. One. But he found through interviews One that they went along with the group for different reasons. One. One. They must be right. There are four of them and one of me. Uh, one. This subject's yielding is based on a distortion of his judgment. He genuinely believes that the group is correct. One. One. 
One, two. One, two. Two, two. I know they're wrong, but why two. should I make waves? Two. In this case, the subject knows he is right, but goes along to avoid the discomfort of disagreeing two. with the group. Here, the distortion is at the level of his response. Two. 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 In the previous experiment, the naive subject stood alone against the group. In this variation, Ash gave the naive subject a partner, here seated in the third position, who also gives the correct response. One. One. Two. One. Two. With a partner, yielding drops to only 5% of the critical trials compared to 37% without a partner. Although subjects report warmth and good feeling toward the partner, they typically deny that he played a role in their own independence. The partnership variation shows that much of the power of the group came not merely from its numbers, but from the unanimity of its opposition. When that unanimity is punctured, the group's power is greatly reduced. Sometimes we go along with the group because what they say convinces us they are right. This is called informational conformity. But sometimes we conform because we are apprehensive that the group will disapprove if we are deviant. This is called normative conformity. The strength of the normative factor is shown in another variation carried out by Ash. In this variation, the subject is told that because he had arrived late, he would have to write his answers. Subjects in this private response experiment are exposed to the same amount of misleading information as other subjects, but they are immune from any possible criticism by the group. One. 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 And this enormously reduces the pressure to conform. Conformity drops by two-thirds. Ash's experiment is a classic. It reveals how people will deny what they see and submit to group pressure. It allows us not only to observe conformity, but to study the conditions that increase or reduce its occurrence. So that's why we do it. <laughs> Get along and Go along or go along to get along. Eh. It's why you should uh you should never go by what people say. Make your own judgment. We're all individuals, born by ourselves, dying by ourselves. Even if it's in a car accident, I'll probably die a minute or after you or some shit like that. You, you have to make your own judgment. I've I've made judgments. I I'm the first person, I'm not gonna lie, I'm the first person to tell someone like, let me make that call. And sometimes I I'm wrong. It's okay. But I have to get the lesson. I have to get it. I can't just, you know, like if y'all all said something and I felt something different, I have to say it. It's it's it would only be right. And I understand I love each of you, but I, I just can't, I just can't go with the herd. This is insane. And that's what's technically happening with our country, with everything that's going on. It's like watching the news over and over again and just believing. We're like, even when it's time to vote, you vote for the same fucking jerk because everybody else is voting for the same fucking jerk. And then you're fucked over and you're like, well, they said, no, you have to, that's accountability on you. So, yeah. Anything, ladies?
you know, in my mind, what I, <clears throat> the picture I see is of mice, right? Like, what if you put it like a, a, a million mice in a room and then you put drops of cheese, like squares of cheese? You're going to have about 100,000 mice surrounding that block of cheese because people gather when they're in, in they're, they're in panic or in fear mode and they think that they have to survive because they, they're trying to survive out here. And you put that block of cheese, they're going to run from group to group trying to find a way to survive out here in today's world. And that's what we're seeing. People running around like mice trying to belong so they can survive because we're slowly being stripped of things out here. You know, you look at food on the shelves, um, looking a little scarce, gas prices rising, uh, price gouging, um, pandemic. <laughs> so you have people's anxiety on an all-time high. So you're really seeing a lot of groups of people trying to belong so they can survive. If you're, if you can, if you are surrounded by a hundred people, you have a better chance at surviving than being on your own. So that's where the vulnerability comes in. And these people play on that. They know we're, pan a lot of us are panicking out here because times are getting rough and we are in uncertain times. So they're looking to belong to a community and being taken advantage of completely and so you're right cindy you you have to keep your eyes open and make your own judgment whether this is for you um if this is best for you if you should put your money in this or not if you should follow uh, but always ask the questions never be afraid to ask questions to protect yourself thank you Jamaica. Yes, I once again have to agree. Um, my thing is, if I, if I don't, if it don't sit right with me, and if it's you know not fair to others, um, I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna continue on with it. You know, it's up to me to make that decision. You know, and when stuff don't sit right with me, it just don't sit right with me. And you know, you're telling these people one thing, and then you know, other people another thing, and you got people, you know, you, you're feeding them false information, and that's how a lot of people get fed into it because they're, you know, you know, they like, like y'all say, they're looking for somewhere to fit, and you know, looking for somewhere safe, a safety net, and you're saying you're giving them the the safety net, but in reality, you're not. And, you know, there's times where I've been in situations where I've seen stuff like this happen to where, you know, you're telling these people one thing, but you're saying a whole nother thing and it's not meaningful. Um, they believe you, but deep down, I know if it ain't right, it ain't right. I'm not going to continue on with it. And that was, you know, I have a mind of my own and a lot of people need that. They need that, you know, like you said, they need to be able to see it for themselves. You can't just go off of what everybody tells you all the time. So I do agree with that as well. I was looking at that video annoyed. 
I, I had my moments where I could be a debater. I probably would have been giving them the stank eye. Like, what do you mean that's one? Like, what? Especially when you're looking at the lines. Like, no. It's like, wait, hold up. But I, I would have been one of those people, like, looking at them because that whole thing about how you don't want to make other, pe other people feel uncomfortable or because now you got to follow what they're doing. I, I, it took me some time to learn about that, too, because I get about all that stuff. But it takes time for you to kind of learn to be like, fuck that about I got to say what everybody else is saying. Like, no, that's why I've learned to like, I can't go and follow everything. If I have to be the loner, I'm good. But I would have been there looking at it. I was like, are these people dumb? <laughs> like, how they just all. Yeah, but I get what the experiment was. But at the same time, when that guy kind of did that, like looking and like now he got to say the same. She's like, no, man, like. You had the right answer. Why are you following them for? But I guess we all have our moments sometimes. But yeah, I, I just couldn't. I probably would have been there giving people the look like, like, y'all got to be joking. I was like, my eyeballs see the same line. I don't know how y'all going with the smaller one. But anyway. <laughs> it's no different than uh, like when you said there's a shortage. And those people went wild for the goddamn water in them toilet paper. How much fucking toilet paper can you fucking buy? Toilet up? paper. It was the toilet paper, the Clorox wipes, the Lysol wipes, the Lysol, <laughs> the bleach. There was no freaking bleach. But oh, baby, Lysol cost $20. In New York, they were selling for $20. A Lysol, oh, yeah. a little thing of Lysol. Oh no, the alcohol too. Alcohol was like seven dollars a bottle when you can go in the dollar store and get them for 99 cents. But look at how they took advantage. You understand? In your time of need, in a dire time of need, right? This is what it was. You had people take advantage of the less fortunate. And it was accepted. It was okay. In front of the world, it was okay. So as far as I'm concerned, we're all born with the spirit, right? We got that little, that thing inside us. It's called intuition. Follow it. Because if you listen to your intuition, that spirit guide that came attached to you, it's going to tell you. Scam alert. Scam alert, scam alert. But if you allow your emotional needs to take over your intuition, you're going to get locked into something that is not beneficial nor conducive to you and your own goals in life and what you, your own dreams and achieving them. You're sitting on your, you're riding somebody else's ride. God damn it, I want my own. You understand? I'm building my own legacy out here. That's your shit. Okay, yeah, you were chosen to, you know, lead the people. Okay, go ahead. Where your money at? Where is your money? Where, where is your shit? Have your shit and come get your shit together and then come on back to me and I'll move in. But don't ask me to help you build it. Don't ask me to provide, to pay your salary to build for me. Don't do that. Because I'm going to go ahead and build these four walls and this roof for me and mine 
and I'm going to be okay over here. And if we need to come together, I'm going to see you on the other side. I'll see you. We'll get up. I'll holler. <laughs> I, I want to play devil's advocate with you for those who might not get it because I've been there. But what if I know this person? I feel like this person's a good person. And they're trying to bring something better into my life. Because now this is this is like when you go to church. I feel like this pastor is a good pastor. He preaches the word. Now what? Like the lady said, you can't tell me what to believe. I'm not going to leave my pastor. Jackie, what, what, how, how should a person think? Or should a person just go until you end up falling off a cliff or laying amongst 900 fucking bodies? Sometimes. I mean, if it was me, I am, and this is someone that I love, right? Me being around that person and seeing on from the outside looking in, I have to at least attempt to say, hey, you know, kind of ask some questions. Just, you know, throw the reel out there. Hey, um, did you ask to see the paperwork? Did you ask to see the business plan, <laughs> the business model? Did you ask to see the books? Where's the money? Did you ask so you could see where your money's going? All you can do is try, right? Like you, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. All you can do is try. Because the one thing that I've realized in life is that some lessons are best learned the hard way. They're best learned the hard way. and the re Because you don't want to miss a nugget. They give the best lessons. And you know how sometimes we fuck up and then we find ourselves fucking up again. Some of us don't learn from making the mistake. The first time we'll go back and make them the same mistake again. But some lessons are so fucking hard that you'll never go back. You'll never have to learn that lesson again. Just say, fuck that shit. Lesson learned, duly noted, moving on. <laughs> I'll never be back. I will never find myself in this situation ever again in life. Thank you. But isn't it, isn't it, it's not any different than a woman who is with a man and you caught the man cheating. Yep. You took him back and you caught him cheating again. And then you took him back and baby, baby, please don't leave me, baby, baby. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean, to, you get what I'm saying? Is it like, is it, is it something with in certain people who just want to, help others i mean you're helping yourself because you you're feeling so good about pouring into this person that you forget about yourself your dignity your integrity everything and i've been i've been there i feel like i've been there too many times i feel like it's one of those fucking stupid lessons that i, I keep getting I, i'm gonna get it <laughs> i'm gonna get better but it's for me that's what it feels like and it also feels like remember being a teenager Everybody drinking and smoking, peer pressure, peer pressure. And then, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, have this, have that. And, you know, that's how a lot of people get hooked onto shit. You know what I'm saying? My dad once told me a story of how he got hooked on cocaine and crack. He said, my best friend came to me 
He smoked weed all the time. Big bags of fucking weed. And my friend came to me and he said, man, you got to try this. This shit will get you high. He said to me, my dad said, I didn't ask him any questions. I took it. I was high. I was high. There was ponies, unicorns. I was fucking high. And then the next day, I went to get high. And it wasn't the same. And I found myself chasing that fucking high over and over again. And I just couldn't get there. I had let myself go. I wasn't even like, and my dad was like a functional addict. So he was able to work. He would always say, yeah, that's why I ain't got no record. Because I wasn't trying to bust no old lady over fucking head. I would get up, go, hustle, work, get the money, run down to the drug man, and go get high. But I couldn't get high enough. Because we're seeking something. And I think escapism isn't only just drugs and alcohol and sex. Sometimes it's just belonging. But you got to be careful who, you be, who you're going to be belonging to. Do you get what I'm saying? And everything's a fucking production. By the way, let me, and this is our last clip. This is how they make a mockery for the Christians in the house. They might be listening. This is the mockery. This is why God wants me to speak. Are you hearing me? Yes. You, you have a good heart. And all you're trying to do is to provide for your two children. Yes, Papa. And the month of June, you went out of your way to make this business work. Yes, Papa. In July, you did the same. This man was convinced beyond measure. He put $20,000 and bought you a ticket. In fact, as I speak, he's after you for the ticket money. Is that correct? Amen, Papa. Yes, Papa. Yes, Papa. You do not know what to do. Yes, Papa. You used to be friend for long, but AZ does not want to hear anything. Yes, Papa. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, man of God. Hear me. I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. Look at me. The reason why I'm speaking is because the enemy is too close to you. Oh, oh Lord. Pamela, why? So Pamela is behind this. Relax, Pam, relax. You spoke to AZ that the money she gave your friend, she's traveling and she will not come again. I was jealous. I'm sorry, my friend. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, my friend. I am shocked. Wait, did this woman just let Pamela? This is messy. Can you imagine how angry she must be? How can her own friend do this? And worst of all, stand to pray with her. What has this world become? Family, who can we trust when such things are happening? Hold on. Pamela, why? This is outrageous. I pray that she will calm down. Judging by the way that this woman attacked Pamela in church, one can conclude that she may have really injured her had this happened elsewhere. What would have happened had Pastor Arf not brought this to light? So Pamela was going to continue praying with the victim to stop the trouble that she herself started. Where is the logic in all of this? Poor woman is distraught. Lord help her. This is not a friend. Why would someone do this to someone they claim to love? 
beloved jealousy and envy are the shadows of witchcraft. Pamela has done this woman great wrong. What would you do if this were you? Try and put yourself in her shoes, betrayed and deceived by the one close to you. Lord, this is beyond us humans. Father, your intervention is needed in this. Uh. Levels. There are levels and levels. I feel her pain. This is, this is so sad. Father, help ease her heart. Just see how shattered she is. My God. Mega punish the devil. It's now a production. They're paying tithes and offering. Like you said, Angie, it's the Jerry show. The Jerry show. I mean, the lady's wrong. But you see, all those people, all those people, tithes and offering for contention and com- You could watch that shit on TV. You don't have to go to church for that. Go to church for that. To be belittled and, and do you get what I'm saying? Like, that shit's crazy, Jackie. That was a whole soap opera. That was a whole, you know what that reminded me of? Like, you know, because I, I, I love the, the the Spanish soap operas. I love them because they're so spicy and hot. I love them. That's what that reminded me of. <laughs> they They were fighting. She just put her hands on her. And this is supposed to be the house of God. And all righteousness. And this is what's this that's the Jerry Springle show all day in church. And they pay for it. That's what they're building right there. All the tides, everything that they're pouring into the church, and that's what they're getting out of it. It's embarrassing. It's um I mean that was funny as shit though. Don't get me wrong. I was crying back here. Camilla, why? But anyway, that's some fucked up shit. <laughs> no, Papa, no, Papa, Papa, no, Papa. Yeah, well, yeah, I was like, is she saying Papa or Bubba? Which one? <laughs> it's too much. And what does that say of that type of pastor? It's theatrics. It's all, and they, it's a congregation. They're following. Who wants to go next? Ugh. That that was just hilarious to me. That's and in my mind, it's like these are people from church, and it's that whole thing about like they just being nosy. Like, hello, y'all in church, and this is what y'all doing. Like, y'all just being nosy, being in people's business, and just you know. That whole thing, what is it with the gossiping and talking about each other? But I was bugging out for a minute because I was like, is she horny? Because why she keeps saying, yes, papa. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Again, I would have been in the audience (laughs) making a face like, what is what is this? Am I in the right place? Because no, that was just too much for me. And I mean, I've seen other videos with, um, Tamara, was it about like... The, the the pastor trying to touch women's private parts to 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 get them from like you know and I was like what is all the, oh my god people be falling for this shit 
I was I just watch stuff and I would just be bugging out. That's all I can just really think when I watch these things. It's like, how are you gonna let this man touch your private parts? I guess either was it to like repent or to cure them from something. It's like cut it out, cut it out. It's just a way to kind of cop a feel and just do extra shit. Like, no, these you know, some of these people, and especially and and, and it's true, it's mostly men doing this. Yeah, it, it, whether if it's a power thing or that they, they you know trying to scam people, whatever it is, but it's just it's just too much. I don't know. We just really gotta open our eyes to this shit because it's just too much. It ain't nothing wrong with fucking with yourself. <laughs> I think that's the most protection that you could ever provide yourself is your motherfucking self. Period. And when you come across people who you're looking at yourself, when you see them, you see yourself, fuck with them. That's your click. That's you. Like, this chick can finish my sentence before I can. Oh God, like we're we're soulmates. I'm your motherfucking soulmate. <laughs> Not a man. I'm your soulmate because we're gonna be we like, you know how you you can line up a, a, a like ten people, and you're lucky. You're lucky if you can walk away with two people that you can say are your friends. You're lucky. You're lucky these days if you have one out of ten that you can say is your friend, like you can trust in. So why on earth are we out here just giving trust away? Giving away for free. Because trust is so fucking vital to our survival. It protects our heart, right? Because if you give trust away too freely, you can get hurt. And it protects your person because you got to keep in mind you got some evil people out here that want to harm your body you can't trust everybody so and, and it's not a matter of being paranoid like you walking around like oh fuck that fuck that no just choose who you want closely around you choose them wisely choose them wisely because they're going to be around you your children your family members you know what i mean um, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I see shit a little different, maybe. <laughs> that that clip was a lot of drama for me. It was it was too much. I mean, it, it and it happens every day in the churches. I've I've been to churches where I didn't seen stuff like that happen when I used to um, be into that um, whole religious. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to trust people, um, and then for them to bring it out like a big old soap opera in church, that, that's even worse. And I, once again, I, can, I can't, you know, be a part of something like that, seeing stuff like that, especially the type of person I am. If I know it's wrong, then it's wrong. And sometimes we gotta know when to step away, especially from, you know, like Ms. Jackson said, from people. You gotta step away from people too, especially if they're not for you. It, 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 it nowadays it, it's going on a lot, so you got to definitely be careful who you attach yourself with or who you, you know, associate yourself with, and who you trust. It's it's hard. Can can I just give you all a story about a family member of mine that was in the church heavily? I don't want to call the name of the religion, Jehovah Witness, but. Um, 
she was the elder in the church many years. She had been attending for many years. So a lot of my family came up in the Kingdom Hall. And my, my grandma fell in love with this man. And they weren't married. He would come over and he would see her. She was lonely. And they have a little sip together, you know, enjoying a little life. And someone went back to the hall and reported this. So what they did was take the key. Oh, by the way, she opened on Sundays. She opened the door. She was the first one there set up. They took the key from her. She couldn't see, sit in the front first pew anymore. And when they would do the watchtower and ask questions and, you know, you raise your hands for them to bring the mic to you and you answer, she would raise her hand and they would skip over her like they didn't see her. They shunned her. After many years of coming up in the Kingdom Hall and raising her children, and it broke her heart. Soon, you know, it wasn't long after that my grandmother passed from a heart attack. And that's the memory that stuck with me over the years. So I never attended anybody's church, like as a member, member, like a member member paying tithes and all. I never did that. And I, I never, um, because I cannot, I cannot base my life off of someone else's interpretation of life. When I know that I was granted and blessed with the gift of life myself. So I, I, that's all I want to do is tap into that and, and get my guidance from the creator of who created me. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the key is in all of us. And it doesn't have to take someone else to interpret it for you. Tap in. I digress. I mean, uh, this also reminds me of I had a family member and let's say that uh, mother, the mother had a boyfriend and the daughter was about 13, 14 years old. And one night she's you know, regular boyfriend's always around, whatever. And while the mother was asleep, he goes in the room and tells her, okay, let's do this. Let's do what? Right? Because you're 13, 14. You're like, what the fuck? And she's like, what the fuck? No, right? The fight back. And the mother woke up and she was like, ma, he like tried to come in the room and touch me. And he was like, oh, that bitch is a fucking liar. And he left. He's angry. And then the mother says to her, oh, I'm glad you didn't go along with it. But stayed with the man another two, three years. You, you know how uncomfortable I had to feel for that child? Stayed with that son of a bitch. Why? Because you, you, you needed him. The man wasn't paying no bills. The man was a, a fucking leech. He, do you get what I'm saying? The man wrote his name on the fucking orange juice in the fucking house. Do you get what I'm saying? This type of piece of low-life shit. Oh. That type of shit. Mm. That's no different. Again, people, and when I say men, it could be men, women. People are just men, man, woman. You cannot follow people to the edge where you now... You give up yourself. Oh, you're sacrificing your children. You get what I'm saying? I, I want us to think about, I, I thought about being a, a child and going to church all the time. Not a fan. Do you get what I'm saying? But I'm not, I'm not shunning churches because I learned some, re I read some really good stories. Do you get what I'm saying? 
That's why I like to write a lot. And there are, believe it or not, there are some great churches out there that actually, if you lose your job, they will actually pay your rent, help you out. Few and far between. But most, there are people that, uh, for example, that will give the church two grand twenty thousand dollars they get their tax refund and and give it to the church and then when someone comes in and says hey i'm five hundred dollars short on my bill denied we don't know if you're going to use it i'm just like it's supposed to be a community and i'm just talking about church i'm talking about any 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 social community setting you know what i'm saying anything if we're living together you know, it's like, okay, well, it's time to cook and nobody wants to cook type shit. Uh, but um bump. You got that joke, Jackie? Um I'm on it. <laughs> you know, it's 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 to the point. That's why I was like, it's just certain things that I'd be like, wait a second, I I, I don't want to live this way. You do I'm saying? I don't wanna listen, our ancestors, indigenous ancestors didn't grow up with all this. Didn't. Do I want to go back to the earth? And the, I mean, if you're like into the planting and everybody's strength, I, I, I don't have a green thumb. I ain't even going to be in the house. I'll make you something hot to drink. I've said this before. I told you, make, I've told all you ladies, be, I'll, you'll come in. I'll have food ready like that. I, I already know I'm not good for outside. But at the end of the day, you, we got to take care of ourselves, our family, and our children because people will come in. And literally destroy, rip bonds, you know, take bonds away and then destroy your family and go about their fucking merry fucking way. After a lot, scamming you. But at the end of the day, you allowed it. So is it really the scammer's fault? Probably not. You allowed it. And so we have to take heed on those things. And I just want people to know that no matter like what you decide or who you decide to be with or whatever, it is your choice to make. It's not for anyone to tell you what you should do. Who, who the fuck clothed you? Who the fuck feeds you? I don't even care if you're like with the Scientology and they're beating you on the floor because they're giving you, you know, you know what the fuck broth is? Broth is nothing but fucking water and some fucking salt and pepper boiled. That's what the first clip was. That's what they had while they slept on the floor paying $100,000. I mean, technically $100,000 in Jamaican money is probably like, do you get what I'm saying? I think their money is like $5,000 for one American dollar, some shit like that. But at the end of the day, why would you, do you think you're going to get any closer to God? Are you going to ascend? You're not. I understand looking for a tribe, but sometimes you are your own best fucking tribe. And like you said, reflections, just keeping people around you. You don't want to hurt them. They don't want to hurt you. There's no miscommunication. Everybody speaks their mind. Well, no, I don't think it's this, it's that. I have to be, I always am mindful of the yes man. Yes, man. Yes, men will have you go into the fucking ground and you'll be doing the wrong shit. How many celebrities got yes men around them? 
hookers and drugs and all that shit. And then something happens and everybody's gone. And then now they're like, well, my friend said it was okay. No, we know what's right from fucking wrong, but it is what it is. You know, anything else you ladies want to say before we get out of here? Be careful to the audience. Be careful. Um, depend on yourself. Depend on your own intuition. Um, you know, you are your your best judge. <laughs> so make the make wise decisions out here and don't follow people so easily. And I love you. Anybody else, ladies? I just want to say, you know, um, you know, just be mindful and you got to love yourself because you don't need no one else. You know, if you feel like you need to fit in to some somewhere. You got to love yourself. And if you have kids, you got them to love. You don't need to fit in. You fitting in just right where you are. So, you know, look into yourself first. And if it don't feel right, go with your intuition. Anything, Angie, before we go? Um, I guess what everybody else is saying, but I, again, like I've always say, you know, it, it kind of takes time because, you know, I was talking about when you kind of do things by yourself, like all of these things, it does take time and I get it. Sometimes people don't like being lonely. They want to fit in, but sometimes you need to be okay with yourself, be able to do things on your own and feel comfortable because I'm going to say it again. I know everything kind of takes time and I get it. We, 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 you know, some of us do want to belong, but Yes, again, just just be careful, pay attention, and again, like ask where is this money going um, to show something that you know that whatever you, you're going to get involved, that it's it's something that's beneficial, that it's something's actually happening, and it's not just somebody just wanting to take your money and you don't see no results. So, I mean, go ask the questions again. That's how if they get mad or upset, it's like anything else in life is like you already know. That's a red flag. So. Ladies, I, I do want to say that, you know, this, for me, like a show like this, this is for all of the young children just trying to fit in. We're adults. Uh, whether we figure it out, who fucking knows? All the children trying to fit in. And it's not about fitting in. It's about standing out and shining and being your own leader. If they could just understand that message, even with my children, y'all children, I would tell anybody, child, you, you come first. Do you get what I'm saying? Take care of yourself, your heart, your mind, and don't let people lead you astray because people will take you to hell and won't even fucking give you a ride back. And so if I could say anything, it would just be just, I, I wish I could just make this world more perfect. And I know that I can't make the world more perfect, but I know I can in my simulation, not only in my mind and my surroundings, do the best that I can to make people feel comfortable and loved and, you know, not judge and not, do you get what I'm saying? Pouring into people that are pouring into me, serving each other, right? So if you're into, you're serving a God, the God should serve you back. Just like the universe, the universe is here because where the universe works for us, works for us. You know, they say you shouldn't pray, you should command. And so at the end of the day, I just wish that more of us knew that. I wish I knew that when I was younger. Shit, I wish I knew that uh, a few years ago. 
But now I understand it a little bit more every fucking day. So thank you, ladies. Thank you for coming through. Thank you for having us, sis. Love you, sisters. Love you all. Thank you. Love you Have all. Have a good night. Me. Love you. Good night. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dian. Cindy Ashley. On the wake up. Hi, I'm Jackie Q, an owner of Joni Hair Skin and Wellness Products. All of our products are made by hand and infused with nature's healing powers, beautiful essential oils blended to perfection, and lots of love. Try our Butter Soft Shea and Fragrance Collection for women and for men, and our best-selling conditioning beard oil. We are now partnered with Coco Shea and her scented soaps that are heavenly. So please join the Joni family at joniproducts.square.site and on Instagram at Joni underscore products and Facebook at Joni Products FB. Spread the love. This is It's Miss Max, health and culture owner of Ministry and Wellness, where we offer alternative solutions for people dealing with sleep, stress and anxiety. Did you know 70% of Americans only get one good night of sleep a month? while another 11% report having insufficient sleep every night. Let me help you get the rest you need, while helping with your stress and discomfort through natural solutions that won't leave side effects. You deserve to be the best version of yourself. Visit ministryandwellness.com. That's ministryandwellness.com for my hand-picked and affordable selection. Have questions about our products? No problem. Book your free consultation with health and wellness advocate Maxine Sinclair or call 855-200-2774. That's 855-200-2774. Here at Organic Dispensary LLC, we are committed to keeping our communities healthy with 100% safe and effective immune building products. Our wire-crafted purple CMOS is our top seller and is proven to contain 92 of the 102 minerals present in the body and necessary for maintaining good health. Visit our line of organic products at OrganicDispensaryLLC.com That's OrganicDispensaryLLC.com and get back to natural, healthy immune system. Coco Shema offers the best selection of our formulated natural organic hair and body care products at unbeatable prices. Our hair and body loving goodies have become synonymous with the quality of the highest industry standards. We ensure a continuous variety of fantastic products along with unique limited edition and seasonal items that fit any budget. Coco Shema creates handcrafted, decadently personalized body care products for total pampering and enrichment so that your mind is relaxed, your body feels better, and your soul is inspired. Come explore at www.cocoshema.com That's www.cocoshema.com Hola, I am your hostess, Boricua Angie, and I'm on the Wake Up Radio Thursdays at 9. My show is called Thoughts of a Light-Skinned Woman. That is also my IG handle and Gmail. 
The holidays, the winter is coming. I sell pasteles and coquito. And also, I do digital flyers. If you're interested, hit me up. To sign up for OTWT. Type in OTWTube in your browser. It will bring up the home page. Then you click the little man with the plus sign to open up an account. Use your best email, select a username, and then enter a good secure password. Now you're at the home page. Click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment and your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.